The problem is you may have a high performer with low values. You know, the prima donna, the person who wants to do it their way. Don't tell me how to do this. The person who may be the only person who knows how to operate a certain piece of equipment. These are the people that depreciate your leadership. The people that you're afraid to give feedback to because they may jump down your back. They are killing your culture because your values and these are the people you've got to invite to leave. Sometimes you have to go back before you go forward. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. This week we're featuring an excerpt from our job site leadership workshop, one of our most requested development courses that we offer here at NOLA Consulting Group. Facilitated by NCG managing partner, Brian Nolan and Connell Rainey, field supervisor at Nolan Painting and field consult here at NCG, this course is designed to provide production management leaders with the critical awareness of each leg of the operational stool, employee management, customer management, and job management. This particular excerpt of conversation begins with an element that impacts the culture of the field environment. This is a values discussion. Do your employees understand the values of your company? Are they actually living those values in the workplace? As a leader, do you know where they live on the values matrix? We would argue a high performer with low values does not belong. We also dip into the power of emotional intelligence. As a manager of people, there are several things you must continually think about and oversee. One of the key skills to be successful in this capacity is your level of EQ, emotional intelligence. As a leader, how are you responding to situations, both positive and negative? And are you aware of the impact your words have? To quote American polymath Benjamin Franklin, remember not only to say the right thing in the right place at the right time, but far more difficult still to leave unsaid the wrong thing at a tempting moment. Brian and Connell are passionate about this topic and no matter what industry you are in, these are tools and strategies we should all have in our back pocket. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. But I want to go into uh, uh, culture now, okay? Um, in your book on, on page 29 is a list of values, okay? I'm sure a lot of you, you, you companies have values. And values are, are a set of behaviors that are important in your company. And these are all great, right? But you probably have six or seven of them, um, be it leadership, loyalty, excellence, uh, reputation, growth, uh, decisiveness, commitment, accountability, um, so I'm guessing your, your company has values. If they don't, it's an exercise that I would encourage you go through with your coach or your leader does. Because, because I want to talk about how values create culture, okay? This, this on page 30 is called the values matrix. And as I talk about this, I want you guys to plot on the graph your people. I want you to tell me where they are, okay? So here's how it works. Down below are the values. 
So going from left to right, if I'm over here, I'm an employee not living the values in this company. If I'm over here on the right, you've got an employee who just live in the values. They, they, they embody what is important principally to you and, and to, to your company. Now going from lower to up, if I'm down here, I'm a low performer. If I'm up high, I'm a high performer. So let's, let's now visit each quadrant, okay? If I'm in the bottom low half, the bottom left, that's kind of easy. I'm guessing most of you guys do this. These guys almost fire themselves. They, they don't show up on time. They, whatever they, they, they're rude. They, they maybe have a, other, other issues. We, you invite them to leave. Not a problem. That probably happens all the time. You may have someone there right now though. The problem is you may have a high performer with low values. You know, the prima donna. Mm. The person who wants to do it their way. Don't tell me how to do this. The person who may be the only person who knows how to operate a certain piece of equipment. They, they operate through their own system. These are the people that depreciate your leadership. The people that you're afraid to give feedback to because they may jump down your back. The people that don't live some of these values up here. This company people, wouldn't exist without me. The company wouldn't exist without me. Maybe they bring jobs in on time. Maybe that, but guess what? No one wants to work with them. No one wants to work with them. They are, they are killing your culture because your values create your culture. And these are the people you've got to invite to leave. Sometimes you have to go back before you go forward. Um, this is really big. If you have people up here, I know um, a client of mine literally plots all those people and he sits down and he tells them, here's the problem. You're up in his top left. You can't live there long. There's not much oxygen there. We can't tolerate that. Then we go to, to the bottom right. Low performer, high values. These are the people you want to cultivate. These are the people you want to train. They, you know, I would say find, find great people and teach them to be good at a craft. And uh, the problem is we have too many people up here. And then you have your high performers. And man, you just need to hug them. Mm-hmm. You just gotta, oh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get, get their input and all. And, uh, you know, fortunately, Connell is in my top right here, Connell. Mm-hmm. Have, have I told you that lately? I haven't had a hug in years. <laughs> <laughs> um, has anybody seen this matrix before? Yeah, textbook has. I know, I, I know uh, Michael Murray Zachary from JRS is shaking his head. Yes. You get, you get the right people on the right side here. Uh, you can't help but win. If you have people on the top left, we're going to have a conversation about now about how to talk to them. Um, but you cannot advance as a leader 
if you are not dealing with people on this side of the line. You can't because your leadership is being being depreciated by someone who thinks that, you know what, doesn't stink. But before we deal with this, we need to talk about some of the key skills you need. We're going to start with emotional intelligence. Um, and this is one of my, my favorite subjects. Because I always say, what, what God didn't give Connell an intelligence IQ, he gave him an EQ. It's a good thing he gave him a good dose of EQ. Right, Connell? Sydney, I need your help. <laughs> so, I uh, know seriously. Um, I, I, I've, I think I've done somewhat, somewhat successful, not because of my IQ, but because of the EQ, emotional quotients, which is the ability, um, how common sense, self-awareness, management of feelings, emotions. Colin, should you, Connell, should you ever yell at someone? Well, yeah, that's good for productivity. No, for about a second. <laughs> for about 10 seconds. Um, we never. Someone that's in management, someone that is in charge of people, you don't yell. You know, like to say there's no crying in baseball. There's no yelling on teams. You don't yell. You don't get anywhere with it. Um, in fact, it... it, it um, it demoralizes the employee naturally. And uh, secondly, you look terrible as a leader. You look out of control. You're not in control, that's for sure. So there, there's this, I need to jump right to my, my favorite picture in this book, okay? Mm. All, all of us have what, what's called an amygdala. It's, a, it's an almond-shaped size thing in, in uh, the stem uh, of our brain. Uh, and it's the prehistoric part of the brain, okay? It, it is uh, where the blood goes when you're emotional. I want you to picture literally the blood leaves your cerebral cortex and goes to your amygdala. And why else would there be this thing called road rage when two vehicles are speeding down the highway, someone cuts someone off, Someone, that person gives the person the bird. Next thing you know, they're chasing after each other, ready to kill each other. When 60 seconds ago, they didn't, didn't know each other and they may have had a cocktail at a bar. But now they have road rage. So road rage is a thing and it's, it's an emotional response system to anything you are angry over. Um, what we have to have is we have to have self-awareness, which is emotional intelligence. You know, at, at some age, who told us that we had to own all of our thoughts and feelings? So thoughts and feelings cause reaction. What I'm going to ask you guys to do is elongate the fuse. The fuse between the event and your reaction, because the event in your reaction in a prehistoric world is fight or flight, is being chased by the lion, it's kill, is chase someone down the highway and almost getting to, to an accident. I was running with, with my brother last month in a parking lot. And we're just jogging. And this pickup truck 
we were, I guess we were in the way in a parking lot, but riding a bicycle. This guy came out and he, he pulled up, pulled up. Hey, what the hell are you guys doing? You want to go? I was like, what the hell just happened? Where, where this guy had an amygdala hijack. And what we need to do as, as people is have a tool at this. Anybody ever here ever get angry at an employee? I'm sure, right? Anybody here ever, I mean, um, lose a temper? Anybody, anybody ever lose a, temp, lose a temper? Lose your temper. Yep. So the first thing we have to realize about emotional intelligence is we lost something. We lost temper. We lost our ability to regulate our response to a, to a situation. So what I'm really asking you guys to do is to have a high level of self-awareness when you feel yourself having an amygdala hijack. You feel the blood going to the part of, of the brain because it's instinctual, by the way. And so um, a very simple tool is to pause. <sighs> Take a few deep breaths. Just freeze frame the action. Let yourself deliberate. Do not respond to your first instinct. Pause and breathe and then reflect. Ask yourself, what am I feeling? What was the trigger that made me feel this? What outcome do I want to have happen here? Consider your choices. What's likely to happen next in this chain of events, depending upon each of my options? As, this is, as you're doing that, your blood is actually going back to your cerebral cortex. It's literally going back up here and it's thinking. So you're settling down because you never want to respond emotionally because you lose as a leader, when you respond emotionally, okay? Then you choose with the wisdom distilled from your reflection, respond with the action that will get you the outcome you want and avoid any action that will lead to regrets. Regrets after it happened. You don't want that to, to happen. Um, so PRC, I'm gonna PRC it. We have a, a, a phrase, I'm gonna PRC that. PRC it, pause, reflect, and choose. Now, I, I, have a, um, I have a couple of things that I say, okay? As I, I'm, I'm a student in self-awareness. I'm learning all, all the time. I never wanna lose my temper. I, I probably do it once a year. And after I do, I'm pissed off at myself. Ah, it's a, that's a lower self. I'm smarter than that. I have a bunch of affirmations. I can handle anything. I never overreact. I'm the boss of my own mind. I'm aware of stressful thoughts and choose not to entertain them. Mindfulness. So I say that every day. I'm a, when I feel stressed, I literally picture stress out here and I'm aware of it and I choose not to entertain them. 
I can handle anything. I never overreact. So I'm convincing myself. It's an affirmation. Does anybody do affirmations here? Have you ever do affirmations? It's something you may want to look into um, because there's a phrase that we say, it goes like this. Don't listen to yourself. Talk to yourself. Don't listen to yourself. Talk to yourself. Because if you listen to yourself, it's going to be filled with self-doubt from your previous experience. It's your subconscious doing it. When you talk to yourself, you're being intentional and you're actually rewiring your brain. I never overreact. I'm the boss of my own mind. This is called positive self-talk. Connell, do you have any positive self-talk that you do? Yeah. When I get home, I'm going to have a nice gin. (laughs) Now, so... One of the recent ones, and I think you and I both talked about it, was from Matthew Kelly, was um, you're playing in the sewer. What now? When Matthew Kelly said, you're playing in the sewer. You're playing in the sewer. Yeah. I I thought that was a really good one. Um, The other one I have is I call it head trash. Don't listen to your head trash now, Connell. Because all of a sudden you're driving down the road in the truck. You're, I'll give you an example. And I, and I learned this way back a long time. As a supervisor, I'd be driving to a project and I would say to myself, because the customer wasn't happy and they, they did this and they did that. And I would be driving to the job and I would say, when I get there, I'm going to kill they. <laughs> and then I would arrive to the job and I'm like, is this customer for real? Like, this is ridiculous. And then I go, and so after a few, after a, as time went on, I was like, you know, get to get there. Don't listen to any head trash till you get to the job. Let's see what's there. Diagnose before you prescribe. And so I get there, and, I, and it's always like, just don't listen to the head trash. Don't play in the sewer. I love that line, and it's really, really good. So when you find yourself during the day, you know, as you said, Brian, what you say to yourself and you can put yourself in a terrible place. But as a leader, you need to talk yourself into the high grounds. You need to be able to turn around and go, let me let me see this. I'm, I'm the leader. I'm the one in charge. Let me see this. Let me go to the high ground and look at this. You know, don't get sucked into it. Get the facts. Go to the high ground. So has anybody had any anybody have- Ever read any any books on this? Have you read Emotional Intelligence? Anybody aware of this concept? Anybody have any experience? Anybody have any tools with how they control their emotions? Yes, Cody, uh, Sal. Is that, is that Sal or Cody? It's like Sal. It is. It's Sal, but it's through Cody's phone now. Um, yeah. So actually, based on like everything we were just talking about. Something I love talking about is the dude who taught me how to paint because he was just the meanest, most like rotten individual ever. (laughs) He was an awesome painter. And this dude, any project he would tackle and with, you know, grace and just like perfection. But he was so mean. And if you did something wrong, he would be sure to insult you and just like belittle you on it and just like drill things into your head. Meantime, you could literally hear him talking to himself, sitting there saying, oh, I can do anything. I can get this done. And then like, it's like, wow, man, this guy's really, really a character. So like now 
like I look back at the way he treated me when I was learning and I tell myself like I am never ever ever going to be like that and like anytime I start to feel like okay I'm losing it in my head I just like take a step back I think about that guy and I'm like I am not him like I can you know there's a better way to go about this totally better way you know basically that that's awesome uh Sal it looks like he's in this uh top left corner on this quadrant he was like this uh prima donna and yes. he just and he didn't care about you as an employee he didn't check off many of these of those boxes up there in that mm -hmm. 12 did he if you if you were to go to the, these 12 he probably didn't check off many of those boxes um so good for you for learning from that what what are some of the things that trigger um, an emotional hijack? What are some of the things that just make you so mad? Like, what is it? What really ticks you off about when you're working with employees? Yes, textbook, Alex and Zachary. When you're not in control of the situation. Say it again. Yeah. Oh, Albright? Oh yeah, Albright then textbook. Albright, please. Oh, uh, when you're not in control of the situation. When you're not in control. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a tough that's a tough place to be. Absolutely. Textbook. Uh, for me, it's going to be. Um, oh, I just had it in my head. Saying one thing but doing another. Like when a leader will say, I won't say which, but. When a leader tells you to do something or whatever, and then they go and do something, the same thing, but the way they didn't tell you to do it. Like, <sighs> what he's trying to say is that he's like, uh, like uh, if a person tells you to do something in one particular way or fashion because it's bad to do it another way, and then they go do it the other way, even though they just trained, told you not to do it the way. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then you get in trouble for it. I just it. watched you do it. <laughs> yeah. Can I, can I give you um, one of the uh, greatest tools that I use lately? Um, I, I may have talked about this this last week, but it's, it's worthy of repeating. Um, when you give directions to a person and they don't, they go and they don't do what you ask them to do. And you're like, we just had a conversation about this. I don't understand. It's driving me crazy. Are you stupid? And you just, you just get this rage. So, what, what's happening though, guys, is that everybody's playing their own movie in their head. Everybody's hearing what they choose to hear. Everybody has different conversations going on. Some people are listening, some people aren't. We assume what we said, it's not about our lips, it's about their ears, okay? So one of my favorite things to do is this. Hey, I'm, I'm trying to work on uh, communicating better. Can you tell me what you heard? One of the simplest, most effective things you could do. You don't want to say, now tell me what you heard, because then you sound condescending. <laughs> if you say, hey, I'm, I'm trying to become a better communicator. I just, I, I just went to, to this class and I realized that I, I may not be, I may, you're making it about you, but then can you tell me what you heard? Half the time, they're gonna get it wrong. I'm telling you, you're gonna be like, well, that's not quite what I said. What I meant to say is this, now they're listening. This, 
this one little tool is really important uh, to do. Tell me what you heard. There's this takeaway. Anybody else have a story about something that really makes them mad? Yes, Christian from uh, Kent. Yeah, just, um, I remember one time I was with two other crew leaders and two employees. And that day, my boss, he just came to me and was like, we can do this faster. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, but we have two new guys. And he was like, yeah, this guy I need he had to run from the truck to that side and from that side to here. And I was like, yeah, but you have the other crew leader on the phone, on the forklift. And he was like, yeah, but he's doing his job. And I was like, yeah, but if he works like us, we can finish this like faster. And yeah, that guy is not anymore in, in the company, but that day I was losing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't understand. He didn't take the time to understand. Yeah. 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 Yep. So you using this tool, pause, pause, reflect, and choose. I'm going to PRC this. When you feel yourself getting angry, you that's a sign to PRC. Pause, take some breaths, reflect on it and then choose. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.